Um, so there's many reasons why an athlete can become amenorrheic. Um, low energy availability and not consuming enough food uh, to match their training load. Um, overtraining or an increase in training volume, that's quite common. We'd see that and get a lot of questions in around that. Um, travel um, across time zones as well. Um, lifestyle factors, stress, phys- uh, psychological stress, um, weight loss and weight gain, um, and obviously the use of hormonal contraception. So, but it's, you know, we're massive advocates that no period is an issue. Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of For Fit's Sake. This week I'm joined by Aoife once again. Hello, how are uh, you? And we're also joined by Neve Mallon. Neve, how are you doing? Hi, are you? Good. Neve's background is sports scientist by trade, Neve, same as myself and Rudds. Yeah, absolutely. And currently working with uh, Oracle and specifically Fitter Woman, um, looking at innovations to uh, for have science-driven solutions to help optimize athlete performance, but Fitter Woman specifically to do with female athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Right, good, good intro. Okay, that was nice. a bit of mouthful there. Before, before we crack into it, Aoife, any crack? How are you getting on? Good, Me and Rhodes usually do this, so it's probably good to have, I have a little to have bit crack, of chat. You know? <laughs> Forced crack, yeah, yeah. Come on, I'm let's... good. I'm quite happy. I put on my ski layer. Don't okay. think I'm going to get skiing this year, but I put on my ski layer in preparation for sitting in 34. It's cold. It's pretty chilly, it's yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, obviously, I'm very much looking forward to having Rhodes back. <laughs> When's Rhodes it, back? It's been a tough week. He's, I think he's. We're recording this, unfortunately, a few days after the World Cup exit, so he's back. I think he, he could be back in the country as we speak. So looking forward to having him back in here. I think everyone's kind of been missing him and looking forward to catching up. Obviously, not the way the guys wanted things to work out, but um, I'm sure he had an incredible experience and added huge value to the group. And he's looking forward to bringing what he's learned back to us. I imagine so. I'm looking forward to his presentation on learnings from the Irish team for the FFS team. It's going to be good. It's yeah, going to be good. Sure okay, anyway, course. enough about Rhodes. We always talk about Rhodes. <laughs> Neve, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Nice things. Oh, it's great. All super. Thanks for coming all the way down to your, your base in Galway. Yeah, Argo's offices. There's one in London. LA and yeah I'm based in Galway okay yep. very good um, and you came all the way to Dublin just to see us so we, we've been trying to put this podcast <laughs> together for a long time and it's coming from uh, we send out sort of questionnaires and, and look for feedback on the podcast and this is an area that's very interesting to people so uh, what I'm not just talking about our female members it's something that when we put up questions on Instagram lots of guys were coming back who've got questions for their partners their girlfriends their daughters whatever it might be so like what we're going to talk about today is the effect of the menstrual cycle on training, on mm. nutrition habits, uh, and specifically on performance, which is what you're working yeah. on right now with Fitter Woman. Um, is there anything that you, you can kind of say about the app and the technology you're trying to develop at the minute? Um, yeah, I suppose um, one of the main aims of the app is probably opening up the conversation. Um, I suppose the menstrual cycle has been seen as a taboo, a taboo subject um, for a long time. Um, and I suppose we at Fitter Woman want to try and open up the conversation and allow athletes, you know, to get the best from their body on any day, regardless of if they're during their period and the lead up to their period or um, at any time point throughout their menstrual cycle. Okay, fantastic. And obviously, it's something that myself and Rhodes have been trying to, like, we, we talked about this, I'd say, when we when we set up the podcast just over a year ago. And like you said, there was no one willing to really have that conversation with us. It became, it was very difficult in our own circles to try and find somebody who'd come in and be willing to start this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to see that 
you know, this is it, things are moving in the right direction for female athletes. I think you're obviously from a sports science background. We would have done a lot of research when we were in college on the female athlete triad yeah. and, you know, the impact that that has. But that's very niche. That's specific to endurance runners and, and the dysfunction, dysfunctional period and how you can how you can have a negative effect on health and performance. Yeah. So is it something that you see even for you, Aoife, with with clients and minutes? It's something that's just much easier to discuss at kind of like a, a gym floor level. Are people more open to, to have conversations about it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the run up to this, when we knew when I, we had the date set for this and we knew it was happening, I think all of my female PT clients, I've said, so we're doing a podcast about periods. Do you have any questions? <laughs> They're like, oh, great. Yeah, great. And every, everyone's got a different, obviously a very personal experience on it. Um, they somewhere like, oh, cool, great. You know, I'm fine. It doesn't really affect me much. Or, oh, God, wow, amazing. Or I said it to someone else um, last week and she said, Oh yeah, I always share like testing week always, my period always fell on testing week. So I never tested those members will understand what I mean by that. And the testing you come every four or eight weeks says, so, yeah, I just didn't do it. We'll talk about I, that more specifically. Yeah, that's, kind of cried inside. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested to pick news brain that. So like the, the experience that I would have as a, as a male coach in the industry for the last seven years is luckily over the last few years women have been very comfortable discussing their period and and the effect that it has on them when they do come into the gym and that that's great that's yeah. a step forward because even seven years ago no yeah. one would come and say that to us so i assume that comes with trust over time we've built relationships with clients they're okay to discuss these things with us but now even newer clients that we have into the gym they're far more open to discuss what stage they're at in their cycle and how they're feeling so i suppose what we really want to dig into today with you Neve, is the different stages throughout the cycle and, and what people should expect, whether it's a decrease through through hormonal balance in performance, whether it's an increase in craving certain types of food, the, the common things that are discussed. So um, if we're to start, the testing point is is a really good example. Um, yeah. You know, so like we, we test our clients on eight eight week strength blocks. We, we text, test them at week four and week eight. So your comment, I, I know who said that. I'm not going to call you out on air, but like I've heard loads of people say that. Usher, yeah. How can I test when I have my period? I'm going to, I'm going to be weaker yeah. because there's, there's a popular podcast out there where this disinformation was shared with us before some, some guy has a podcast. He said, it's the James Smith podcast. That's the podcast. That's, that, let's yeah, call that's it the James, James Smith James. podcast. Okay. And you know, great podcast puts out a lot of really good content, but that's come back to us as coaches, you know, over a year ago saying, well, yeah. you know, I can never reach my, my max figures during my, my period. Is this true, Neve, in your experience? Where's yeah, well, the I research suppose at? probably uh, to kick off, um, your menstrual cycle is driven by two main hormones, um, estradiol or estrogen um, and progesterone, um, and they fluctuate over the course of your cycle. Um, so we at Fitter Woman have broken the cycle into four main phases. Uh, phase one being menstruation, phase two, the days after menstruation, phase three um, is uh, in and around ovulation, and then phase four is the days leading into your next period. Um, so sort of based on these four phases, um, the hormones sort of fluctuate continuously. Um, and we try and look at it more objectively. Obviously, your menstrual cycle, there is a bleed and a lot of women, sorry, uh, women and males, you know, think it, it's a very gross topic to talk about. But if we look at it more objectively and say, this is all it is, it's a cycle of hormones continuously fluctuating. How are we going to work with it? Yeah. Um, that's probably the best place to start. Um, so. In terms of, you're talking there about um, strength training. Um, what was the question again? Sorry, you said about... To do with testing. So yeah. so a lot of a lot of women will come and say, if, if their period falls on yeah. a testing week where max strength is the outcome, they'd be reluctant to test or they'd have a, I could never be at my best during that period. So... For, like, yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of proud We're of on topic. <laughs> we know, yeah. Was, yeah. 
Yeah, so I suppose like so that's menstruation, that'd be phase one. Um so that's when estrogen and progesterone um are probably at their lowest. Um and at that point then um females are able to access glycogen um more readily. Um okay. uh, which means um that they're able to push harder um in sessions um because glycogen is more available. So we would recommend um in the app that um, you know, females focus on sort of high intensity strength based work at that time. Okay. Um, so I would go back to your client and say, test away because that's probably a good time to do it. So potentially the exact opposite to what a lot of us might think in yeah. terms of testing. You know, I feel crap. I feel a bit crampy. I just don't feel great. Oh, I feel, you know, I'm There's on no- day one of it, day two of it, but really get out there and do it. There's no doubt about it. You, you probably will feel not great. Um, but once you initially get through that and you get into the gym, um, you should be able to push hard um, and, and hit those scores. I, I think that's really interesting because, like, let's put the elephant in the room right here. I can't discuss from experience, only from experience of the women in my life and all the, the members that I work with. But I, I can't imagine what it feels like when you have your period. I can imagine it's, you know, it's it, the first couple of days, you don't feel great. You, your your mood changes. You you might want to go to the gym. You just, like you talked about, it's, it, it's just that feeling. So, it does the knowledge that, hang on, I actually can, like, physiologically be at my best here. Is that, like, how would that affect you, Aoife? If you knew, like, now that you know that, I didn't know that coming in here. If you knew, okay, I actually can peak here. There's a potential for me to peak. Is it still the mental hurdle? Like, do you just have some kind of a, a trick to say to yourself, look, let's get in there and go? It's, it's, some people, some people listen to this might be like, yeah, that's very easy to say. Like, yeah. I might, I'm, I might particularly have a heavy period first. Other people, yeah. you know, well, how's that going to sit with you? One, one of the girls who's been a member for years and years and years replied to me, replied to my message when I put up a story last week and said, Hey girls, this is happening. Or guys, what questions do you want discussed, asked, answered? And one of the girls said, Oh my God, amazing. I am absolutely like cramped and wrapped up at home for three, four yeah. days with it. And I have, I, I know she's told, she's messaged me before and said, I've got really bad cramps. I can't get to class this evening. Um, but everyone's got such a different experience of it and everyone's got such a different experience of training themselves and how much testing they've done. So that's so contextual for the individual. But I suppose it does come in a little bit like the way if you go into testing for your 3RM on testing week and you know, like at the moment, so in our week before that, they're doing fours and then they go to threes on testing week. So if you know, for argument's sake, on week four that you've done a certain number, yeah. you're not feeling as strong. You're like, oh, I know I did this last week. This is in me. Like I go one rep at a time. I get it in. I stick to my good form. I do it. So it's a little bit of a, I've got this. I can do this. Yeah. It's a little really helpful to know that much, I think, and have that secret sort of, no, nah, this is going to work for me. This is not going to be shitty for me. This is going to work for me. And I think so a little bit. Yeah, I think you can really use that. Yeah, I think for that's yourself. probably one of the main um, ideas behind the app was to empower women. Mm. Um, they log, you know, they log into the app and they can see that, you know, okay, this is how I should be feeling, but this is what I can do. You know, there's always something you can do, and um, that empowers them to get out there and move um, and feel better. Increase, you know, if you can exercise at all during that time, it will increase, you know, the release of endorphins. I get, you know, feeling more positive, increase your mood, um, and just ultimately make you feel better. So that was, that was a real, one of the main ideas behind the app. I think, and that's, it's incredible because you talk about just getting into the gym and starting. And I think most of the ladies I know that you work with, they come in and they say, look, I have my period. I'm not sure I'm going to do my best. Within five minutes, once they start, 
they're laughing, they're joking, they're training yeah. hard. Like you wouldn't have a clue, yeah. you know, whereas it's, it's, if you look at it this way and you go, well, hang on, I actually can physiologically perform here, right? There's a mental barrier. There might be a discomfort or a pain barrier. And if that's the case, completely understandable that, mm-hmm. you know, you either, it, it might take a little bit longer during that first menstruation phase to, to build up, you know, the comfort to go in and train. But like, if you can get in and just start that that physiologically you can perform i think that's that's huge for a lot of people because that's something that i definitely wouldn't have known and no. um, so anyone who comes in now and says i'm on my period i can't lift as heavy i can say well hang on a second you've told me you can so i'll put that weight on the bar and let's go so sorry about that uh, everybody but Rory, i'm in week three it's down yeah okay <laughs> yeah so so, so what happens next then so that that's so yeah so that would be phase one um so then as you move into phase two uh these are the days following on from um your period this is probably the the most beneficial phase in terms of training okay. so your adaption to training at this time is probably at its highest um so estrogen is rising but progesterone is still remaining low so adaption to high intensity and strength training um is at its peak as um estrogen is high yeah estrogen is an anabolic effect on muscle therefore um, muscle recovery is greater following muscle breakdown as a result of exercise okay. uh, which means that your adaption will be greatest at this time though um, despite the benefits you can gain at this time um, um, estrogen does tend to decrease pro-collagen synthesis which can increase ligament laxity Okay. Uh, which can then obviously make females more susceptible to certain types of injury uh, we're not saying that you're going to get injured Yeah. Um, but they are more susceptible. So we would sort of recommend a real progressive warm-up um, and maybe consuming some sort of collagen supplement at this time to try and combat the effects of that. What could that be, a collagen supplement? What does that look like in real yeah, life? Yeah, so it's it's something very simple. Uh, go to the supermarket and buy some gelatin, um, okay. preferably bo- bovine gelatin, and mix it up with some vitamin C. And vitamin C contains absorbic acid, which helps, to, which helps you to probably absorb the collagen um, a lot better. Mix it up, stick it in the fridge, um, and make some jellies. Um, so if I buy kids' jelly, <laughs> am I, is that what we're covering? Um, not specifically. <laughs> okay. Because I, if I'm thinking Tesco, I'm going yeah. to... Yeah. Next time you bring in jelly babies, I'm going to probably steer clear. It just... <laughs> I'm in phase two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'll just know to avoid you. I should have got you jellies, not a coffee. Um, we have the recipe in the app, um, mini recovery jellies, I think they're called. Um, and that's just a simple sort of tip we would recommend through phase two just to to incorporate into your routine there are three things that are really interesting that one is it's coming back to that empowering is that like you know okay this is the phase that i'm in this is what i this is what i need to do like it's taking ownership of because i i find a lot of people a period happens to them yeah right so this is something that does confuse me please people don't kill me when i say this but like for the women i speak to when it comes to training i speak to the same women a lot and i I tell them the same things as you should know this is going to happen at this stage, okay? No, but it's the same conversations. Whereas if if you use something like the app where, you know, you're taking ownership of it, your period isn't something that happens to you. Yeah. This isn't happening to you. This is a process. This is something that I own. Yeah. And when you take ownership of it, you know, you can be in control of what happens to you at that time. I just think that that's really important. And that that's one of the great things about the app. Yeah, I think like it's an advantage the females have over males. They can okay. manipulate their training that yeah. males can't do at certain points of their cycle. Um, so that's what the app's all about empowering women to sort of get the best from themselves and be proactive rather than reactive I'd say I think the other two things that are really interesting in that second phase is obviously better adaptation to training is huge but I think Aoife you're probably a great example for for example if laxity is higher at certain periods 
again, sorry, if laxity is higher at certain times throughout the cycle, things like deep squats, like as part of your Olympic lifting, you know, a lot of deep squats, overhead squats, that might be something you could look to avoid during that period. That, that'd be a very practical implementation of the research. Absolutely. And I think yeah. when, you, when you talk about weightlifting, weight, to me, then I immediately think, well, there's so many younger girls getting into weightlifting. Yeah. And there's so many, obviously in here, we, we're hitting a certain age group. Typically our members are a certain age group. When you look at sport in the greater context, and a lot of our females in here are doing another sport as well. And women coming into sport at that younger age, you could potentially have your first match. You could have your first competition. You get your period that day. And you're suddenly like, oh, that's a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And I can't, maybe can't talk to someone about it there. So it massively like, um, is worth talking about just from the point of view of, well, what training makes sense at this time? Does it make sense to do a competition? Does it make sense to do deep squats that time? Yeah. Does it, um, so yeah, things like just what exercise am I doing? But also really like from a broader training point of view, what makes sense to do during that time or not? Yeah. That Mm -hmm. was a little bit of a. Second up. Tangent off there, sorry. I like it. Yeah. I was just worried about your deep squats. That's all. I saw you deep Thanks. squatting this morning. You don't train that often, but you know, you, you tell it, you tell everyone you train like at Capital. That's where I do my weightlifting. We, we see you train yeah. once a month. It's a treat. It's, it's a treat to see you train. Tuesday treat for me. Yeah. Tuesday treat. Tuesday yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> all right. So then rolling into the third phase. Yeah. And um, then into phase three, I suppose. Um, high estrogen throughout phase three. Um, uh, yeah, so it causes your body uh, to save glycogen stores and use fat as a fuel um, at this time. Okay. Yeah, this is around ovulation. Um, so um, fat is a more effective um, energy source as opposed to glycogen. Um, so you may, females are maybe more prone to be able to sustain longer endurance efforts yeah. at this time as opposed to, you know, um, high-intensity sort of strength-based work. Um, so, yeah, so this would be the time for endurance-based work yeah. um, during three, throughout phase three. High progesterone levels um, around uh, this time means that, you know, it is the opposite effect to high estrogen. So it would be more catabolic, which okay. means it promotes muscle breakdown. Mm. Uh, therefore, recovery um, is compromised m- massively at this time um, and your ability to maintain muscle mass. So if you had, if going back to the strength training and testing, if you're in that phase three and it's testing, is it a go do your testing be realistic, be mm. sort of set maybe a more manageable expectation on it rather than phase one where you're thinking, let's go for this. We've got it. Everything is working for me at this point. Or or is it a case of you can still perform, but because you're in that more catabolic state, your recovery just has to take precedence during that period? Yeah, I'd say like around that period, <laughs> recovery is massive. Uh, yeah. Whether that be from whatever recovery modalities you use um, or from a nutritional standpoint, yeah. you know, getting your protein in your 30 to 60 minutes post-exercise and then your, um, you know, continuous protein throughout the course of the day. Um, but recovery should take precedence absolutely at this time. I'm just kind of curious. I, we'd probably talk about your own experience in sport because obviously you're playing inter-county camogie at the minute. Yeah. Um, like for you, does this tie in, just before we get into the four part, does this tie in with you for your own personal training? So during week one, you're looking at, right, heavy strength. I'm going to do some high intensity training, stuff that's got huge carbohydrate demand because I can utilize that carbohydrate very effectively. Phase two? Um, no, so through phase two, you probably focus heavy on that as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and obviously just being cautious of the, the downsides with, 
with increased yeah. laxity, maybe looking at your collagen you know, supplement or whatever else. Yeah. And, yeah. and then in phase three, would you, is that where you'd look at more? Because especially for camogie, huge amount of you know yeah. steady, steady state activity, yeah. longer endurance runs. Would you look at that period and say, right, this is a really good time for me to to hammer my steady state exercise? Yeah, that's a massive opportunity. Um, you know, to try and uh, improve you probably your endurance capacity, um, and obviously you know more lower intensity exercise at that time. Um, but again, recovery is a massive focus. And, um, and if fat loss is a goal of somebody's, is that a very good time to try and very e- efficiently utilize fat as a fuel? Would that be a time where you could get more bang for buck from, you know, you could, you could, you could catabolize more fat much quicker during that period? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So on to the fourth phase. Yeah. So this is obviously the phase where everybody feels rubbish and doesn't really want to partake in exercise. So all types of exercise or training at this time, you know, is, is seen as beneficial. Uh, we would sort of suggest some sort of yoga, Pilates, something more relaxing, um, but just get your body moving. Um, exercise at this phase, you know, can increase the release of endorphins, you know, increase positivity, mood, um, and just probably try and, yeah, as I said, just get you moving at this time. Um, sleep's another issue at this time. Okay. Um, so sleep can be disrupted. Um, particularly as the hormones fall um, and the decline in progesterone. Um, you know, your quality of sleep is affected um, and, you know, your ability to fall asleep. So putting in practice, you know, good sort of sleep hygiene routines um, is, is a big thing at this time as well. Um, but exercise in any capacity um, in phase four, um, we, would, we would recommend. Is there anything that you would recommend not doing or does it just come very much down to, like Aoife was saying, that personal preference? Yeah, obviously, like the menstrual cycle and people, you know, experience it extremely differently and mm. um, so whatever you can sort of deal with yourself and um, in your own capacity and um, go for it but exercise in any form should definitely you know benefit you what about your own practical experience with this like how right we've given the research we've given this you know and, and yeah. like i'm i've learned things today that i didn't know i'm sure there's people listening are going to be the same how easy is it to practically apply this what are the because i just i'm aware that people listen to podcasts when we talk about you know implementing the knowledge it can be very difficult in the real world so like what's your experience of like is it just down to having a really good system really good routine what what's it like for you as an inter-county camogie player yeah well i'm not going to tell you any lies from a training perspective it's not easy because we're in a team environment everybody's obviously on their own cycle um but from a nutrition standpoint absolutely that's something you can take ownership of so i would really implement the nutrition strategies that we sort of recommend in the app whether that be, you know, phase one, menstruation, iron loss. Therefore, you need to try and increase your iron stores or yeah. increase your sources of iron in your diet through red meat, spinach, whatever it may be, alongside some vitamin C um, to sort of, you know, get the maximum iron absorption at that time. As I said, talked about the collagen supplements, the gelatin um, in phase two. And then in phase three, um, obviously recovery um, should be priority. You're increasing your protein intake you know, consuming sort of insulin sensitivity and insulin insulin sensitivity is sort of um, reduced at this stage. So you're sort of wanting to consume sort of um, complex carbohydrate snacks, slow-release carbohydrates to yeah. slow the sugar into the bloodstream. So I would sort of take that on board. Um, and then in phase four, um, inflammation be quite high. Uh, so trying to combat that with a lot of antioxidants through your berries and through your recovery smoothies, whatever it may be. Um, and I would definitely um, sort of, so I would take a massive ownership of my nutrition. Um, as I said, 
training and physiology, it's difficult to do in a team environment. Yeah. Um, but as much as I can in terms of my own gym work, I would incorporate it. But um, on the pitch, uh, you just sort of have to align yeah. with, with what you're told. Mm. <laughs> I, I think what's really interesting that as well is it creates like four small windows. Like nutrition is, we'd be very much on habit-based nutrition and like everybody knows the challenges in committing to something long-term in terms mm-hmm. of nutrition. This actually creates a little bit of variety where there's a slightly different focus yeah. for say each week. So like that can actually, if if you're focused on one thing, so okay, it's a routine of right, my jellies or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, berries, a lot more berries in say week four, whatever you want to go with. That, that can help reinforce so many other really good nutrition habits and, you know, positive lifestyle, lifestyle yeah. habits. So by taking ownership of this one area, which, like we said, some people feel like this is something that happens to them. If they take ownership of this one area week on week, it, it can reinforce a whole, a whole host of really positive yeah. physiological and just physical behaviors that allow, allow women to be healthier, but also perform better in an exercise or a performance setting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It really does. I think I was saying to you in when we started talking about this, um, I got an audiobook, which is a regular book as well, called Period Power, which is a lot more around, it's not, it's, tr- it's not training, it's not performance, it's not sport focused. It's just, as you said, it's not about your period happening to you or that your, um, the whole cycle. It's something that happens within your body. It's natural and it's yours and it's very individual. Um, and that, the focus in that really is like, learn it, use it, know how yours, re- um, affects you in every day. And I'm thinking, to kind of combine something she recommended in that, which is to literally every day at an absolute minimum, just write down like a word that describes how you're feeling, how things are going. So obviously that's then going to affect your training. Of course, we can't just yeah. go training one side, emotions and the rest of your life elsewhere. So if you write down, even if it's just one word, and then you might start to see trends as to how that's what's happening um, week on week and month on month, yeah. and then use that as well to tie in with what you're learning from yeah, so in the app itself, we have a calendar section where mm-hmm. you can sort of log your symptoms um, and you can log notes. Yeah. So that's a very simple way of doing that. Just literally every whatever, every day, every week, whatever it is, log a note, log your symptoms and you can see patterns then mm-hmm. begin to, you know, uh, develop. And then uh, if you're putting in place the recommendations to see if that's sort of helping long term. Okay. And then obviously from uh some people have a bang on 28 day cycle others slightly longer others slightly shorter mm-hmm. how is how do um i suppose how does the app tie in with that or what's the best way for someone who has a cycle which isn't 28 days and may not have a week long one a week long phase for each what's the best approach for someone who wants to use the app but maybe is on a slightly longer cycle yeah the app still caters for that okay. um it takes roughly three cycles um for you to log um, before it sort of regulates to your, you know, to your yeah. own cycle. Okay. Um, so the more you use the app, um, the more sort of comfortable it becomes with your cycle, mm. um, and the more accurate it becomes essentially. Great. Um, and, so. and, and those, the hormone uh, fluctuations that you're talking about, are they obviously, I presume, given that everything is a generalization or at least, uh, the averages tell us this from all the research mm-hmm. of obviously hundreds and hundreds of thousands of women. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's very different among individuals that they might learn that actually that one's, I'm, I'm, I'm a day ahead on that one or I'm a day. Mine usually kicks in earlier on that. In terms of hormones? Yeah. Um, or is that again what the app takes into account and it really, it, yeah, yeah, based no, on the feedback that you are giving it. Yeah, the, no, the app will account for all that, and then okay. based on that, will give you your. It will calculate the phases for you, and then um, give you your um, cycle length um, in the app. 
Um, so the more you use it, the more comfortable it comes with you. Like obviously another area to look at here is like say a dysfunctional period where the cycle. Mm. You know you're saying that there's there's slight irregularities from the norm, but that's still quite regular. So if it's a 24 day or a 30 day period, like does it come across much where like what what should women look to do if they have a seriously dysfunctional period? Like what what symptoms or what signs should they look out for? Yeah, so obviously no period at all is is a red flag. Okay. Um, so amenorrhea is sort of the absence of of a period um, for uh, 90 days or more. Okay. So that's sort of secondary amenorrhea. And then you've got primary amenorrhea, which is sort of um, no period before the age of 16. Or uh, So they're the two types of amenorrhea. Um, so there's many reasons why an athlete can become amenorrheic. Um, low energy availability and not consuming enough food uh, okay. to match their training load. Um, overtraining or an increase in training volume. That's quite common. We'd see that and get a lot of questions in around that. Um, travel um, across time zones as well. Um, lifestyle factors, stress, phys- uh, psychological stress, um, weight loss and weight gain, um, and obviously the use of hormonal contraception. So, but it's you know we're massive advocates that no period is an issue. You must address that. So we um, we sort of um, always take take the line that um, a period, having a period or or a regular period is a vital sign um of a happy and healthy sort of sort of system so absolutely what would be the course of action is see your doctor straight away um yeah so obviously make sure the athlete's aware of the implications you know first and foremost um ensure the athlete you know is aware of the nutritional requirements in relation to their training load so are they consuming enough food to match their training um encourage regular fueling and don't have large gaps between meals athletes tend to do that go training in the morning or maybe eat go train in the morning maybe don't eat again train in the evening and then eat again and they're not matching their energy requirements whatsoever and um, so you want to monitor your training load as well um, and increases should be progressive you okay. know you don't want to just go from maybe training once a week to maybe training five six times a week your body won't be able to cope with that at all um, and then obviously seek, seek advice from your medical you know, practitioner and to check for any underlying sort of medical or health concerns. But I think it's important, you know, from a coach's perspective and a parent's perspective and and the athlete themselves, if they're mature enough, you know, to sort of understand the implications and the performance implications. Um, So they will have a decreased response, you know, to a training stimulus and they'll be demotivated, delayed recovery. um, And suppose like more from a health side of things, poor bone health, um off the back of that um and low energy availability which will all contribute then to increased injury risk which means training days lost which means an overall decline in performance i couldn't have heard (laughs) that summed up any way better um no i think that's i think that just really highlights the the importance of it and something you're talking about is stress so obviously we're talking very specifically about athletes we we would treat anyone who trains here as an Mm. athlete they're they're serious fitness enthusiasts Mm. in our eyes if anyone trains you know once a week but is very committed to that session um i think the impact of stress and other factors outside of just what you do physically you know i've seen from my experience that that could that can be huge and like myself and Rhodes when we do a lot of our corporate talks we we sort of use the analogy like stress is stress is stress your body doesn't know whether you're stressed because 
you know, you're waiting for payday to come up, you've got bills to pay, or if you just run a marathon, mm. your central nervous system feels stressed. Now, locally, muscles will feel different things, but you just feel stressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your body doesn't recognize these sometimes. So if you're putting a huge amount of stress by not matching your nutrition yeah. consumption with what your training load is, if you're emotionally stressed, if you're not sleeping, all these things add up, you know, that's going to be the red flag straight away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I suppose that's a massive sort of from a coach's you know, from a coach's standpoint that we sort of, um, we want them to sort of identify these issues. Um, and we've actually just, you know, launched uh, not long ago around April time, um, our fitter coach platform, okay. uh, which is sort of where coaches, um, um, have access, um, to their team's fitter woman profiles on a dashboard, um, where they can sort of see where each athlete is and which phase they're in and what symptoms they're logging in real time. Um, and if they're not logging um, a cycle at all, again, is a red flag. Um, and this can allow the coach to probably, you know, put in place like proactive sort of recommendations um, uh, for their athletes to allow them to get the best out of themselves. Before we go into, Eve, Eve's got loads of questions. Um, yeah. Before we go into those questions, this might be a little bit off the wall here. But if with that coach platform, is that something at a higher performance level to so say inter-county camogie mm-hmm. or football? Is there something that a coach could look to do to manipulate cycles? So would a coach, does this create, create a huge ethical issue or is it something that a team might buy into if you were to say, okay, we want to try to get everybody's cycle aligned so we can take advantage of these natural adaptations that are happening at certain certain times? Is that, some, is that something that you, you've heard of? Obviously, when you're creating this platform, you're probably getting feedback from coaches. There's a lot goes in. Is that something that you could see happening at some stage on the line or is that completely unethical no, and off the wall? No, absolutely not. Um the, if I'm coaching, if I'm, yeah, I'm a coach, I want to win. Okay, and I'm I'm, I'm hearing a lot of positive yeah. aspects to yeah. what we could do here. So if I was a coach at at inter county level, you know, I'm wondering. I don't know if ethically I can do this, but is that something that's ever um, come up in or conversation? Or if you know a competition date is set, yeah. you know yeah. that six months out. Like, right. Well, how do we hack this Plan. so that you're at a good phase on that day? That's yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, actually. Um, at this year's World Cup, Women's World Cup, uh, the US Women's National Team. Animals. Yeah. For the record, yeah. Yeah. High performance coach Dawn Scott bought into the whole menstrual cycle, got in t- contact with ourselves at Fitter Woman, um, and they utilized the Fitter Coach platform. Right. So there you go. Um, but they utilized the platform. Yeah, they but didn't the, necessarily put all their menstrual cycles in. You don't know that. <laughs> let, let me finish. She could be going there. Yeah, so they sort of manipulated different um, sort of aspects. We don't know to what extent exactly. That's um, co- you're going to you're going to keep that information yeah, private, I'd imagine, yeah. for um, coaching benefit. But um, absolutely, I think down the line that's something that, and there's more and more teams and sports uh, getting involved on the platform, um, which is fantastic to see, um, and it's fantastic to see the buy-in from both coaches and athletes um, in this area, which is something that. I can only see expanded over the next. It's, it's very exciting. I imagine for you, Aoife, with when you've competitions going, big competition coming up in the next few weeks. Free, pl- free plug. Free plug. Are, are, you, are you on the fence whether you're going to make it or not? Is going, that what... going on a plane to Turkey. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, Turkey. Sorry, yeah. that's the hopefully yeah. Turkey. So tell us quickly about that. What's hap- what's happening there? Um, a competition in Turkey in three weeks, fourteenth ish of November. Um, it is a decent level international competition. It's called a silver level. Okay. Mm, can't remember the word. So usually for Olympics, you can only, your country qualifies and earns spots based on your European or Pan Am or Asian, um, and your world positions. But they've created these new competitions, which you, your nation can use to help you earn those spots. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. So this is one of those competitions. This competition is very close to the 
Turkey and Syrian border. <laughs> so what a diplomatic woman to go and sort things out. Yeah. So I'm gonna go over have a chat and. See how you get on. So before we got into the uh, Turkey, Syrian politics there. So like, would you look at utilizing something like this and say, right, I've got a competition X date, you know, use ways to regulate your period to to peak during those times. Is that something that you would consider doing now Um, that you have this information that you might not have beforehand? I absolutely would. And I'll give you the slightly, I won't go too long on this, but when saying I was reading that book, Period Mm -hmm. Power, I currently, I'm on the pill. So I don't effectively get a period you mm-hmm. I get a withdrawal bleed yeah. so I don't take the pills for seven days I get a withdrawal bleed I know bang on practically to the hour when that's going to happen based on when I took my last pill but from reading the book and you're saying this is really an advantage that women have over men mm-hmm. I'm almost getting genuine period FOMO because of all these <laughs> things that you can do to improve your life and that mm-hmm. you can use it and that I'd be having a natural cycle rather than just hormone, 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 no hormone for seven days, hormone, okay. hormone, hormone, no, and keep yeah. doing it that way. Um, it's worked for me. I know a lot of people, um, a lot of friends who have said, no, can I go near the, near the pill? In their words, it makes me crazy. Can't do it. Just doesn't work for them. For me, it's always worked and it's fine. Um, but I am now starting to think, well, well, I maybe, maybe I'll just give it a go and see, see how I get on. Yeah. Um, so there are, there definitely are benefits to it. Like you can have a light, much lighter period. Um, with the pill, whereas previous for me, it was really heavy. I was much younger at the time then. Maybe I'm fine with that. Maybe my body's, ma- body's massively changed anyway. Yeah. So now that I'm learning so much more about it, mm-hmm. I'm definitely thinking there's a lot of benefits here. And definitely it, thinking it that way, to be honest. It creates that conversation though. Yeah. You know, and it makes you think a different way. And that, like that's, that's going to be a really exciting time for, I'm sure for you, it's so exciting at like the forefront of the research and the technology, yeah. you know, to see people having these conversations, to see, you know, someone like Aoife, who's, who's trained, who's been an athlete in, in mm. different disciplines at different levels for years to, to even, you know, someone who's very experienced like Aoife in her field to be rethinking things. That must be very exciting for you guys. Absolutely. Like, as I said, maybe, one, two, five years ago, this sort of topic was still a massive taboo. Um, And just stripping it back and opening up the conversation is something we want to do. And providing you with the latest evidence-based research um, and sort of information in in a broken down, manageable way um, is only going to empower more and more females out there to open up the conversation. um, And it just becomes normal, um, both in a health perspective, but in a sporting environment as well. So speaking of questions, Eva, you uh, put this up on Instagram. I think you're looking for your questions. I have We're... some questions. Okay, yeah. Let, okay. Let's shout them out. No, uh, no pressure on Eve. Just gun to your <laughs> okay. head. Let, let's go. So if I'm taking painkillers for cramps, yeah. can I still then do strength training? So yeah. taking, taking the painkillers into account, the fact that someone's got really bad cramps, is it still a good idea to then do strength training? Well, I assume if you're taking painkillers for cramps, this is in and around phase four um, or maybe during your period therefore as I've said earlier exercise in any capacity um, is, is good um, it releases endorphins um, increases your mood increases your positivity and just generally makes you feel better obviously um, we would sort of suggest um, from a nutritional standpoint um, we wouldn't say because you're experiencing, you know, a lot of inflammation at this time, increasing antioxidant intake, but obviously anti-inflammatories are a necessity at certain times. So, yeah, there's no reason why you shouldn't strength train. There's no way, reason why you shouldn't train at all. Um, and yeah, go for it. 
And cool. the only caveat to that is probably the dosage of the painkillers, depending on, you know, certain types of painkillers have, will have different effects, drowsy, non-drowsy. I know this sounds basic, but certain people might have a certain medication that works for when it comes to cramps, things like Feminax, other products where, yeah, don't nod. Yeah, okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but no, these are products, they might have different effects on, on how you might feel, uh, increased nausea, those kind of things. Yeah. So it probably is important to, I would imagine the painkiller would need to be as, as generic as possible and avoid those kind of side effects yeah and based on everything else you've said potentially think get to know well what class works for me or what yeah, type yeah. of training works for me on what day yeah. usually i go to the evening class i know if i get into that morning class instead that i'm going to feel a hell of a lot better for the, the day, the day. Yeah. because i've got those endorphins in the morning yeah. love it so maybe it makes more sense to yeah. know that you're going to book that book that class in advance get ahead of the game yeah um, taking ownership ownership yeah hashtag um are the cravings real or emotional uh, real for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they often occur around phase three and four um, when estrogen and progesterone are high. Um, or sorry, in phase three when estrogen and progesterone are high and then in phase four when estrogen and progesterone decline in the build up to your period. So um, the primary cause said to be related to changes in insulin sensitivity, um, energy requirements and, and appetite. Um, so during phase three, high hormone levels affect glucose metabolism and transportation. Uh, leading to a decrease in insulin sensitivity um, which may result in unstable blood sugar levels causing energy dips um, and an increase um, in cravings um, and appetite. High levels of progesterone may also cause um, a small increase um, in basal metabolic rate um, during phase 3 which can cause your appetite um, to to increase. Okay. So basically your body your body's going to use more energy to do what you usually do. So yeah. you're going to want more food, so mm-hmm. you're going to crave more things. Yeah. Okay. And is it particularly is it because of the insulin sensitivity aspect that particularly makes I, I don't have the cravings but chocolate seems to be kind of the chocolate more more carb based yeah, foods. Yeah, carbohydrate sorry, carbohydrate. <laughs> 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 it's common. Yeah. Uh, carbohydrate based foods absolutely would be more. Okay. What so so from a practical point of view again when you're doing the little or the aldi shop and you know that week's coming up get the stuff that you know is going to be good and useful during that time yeah. rather than yeah. run into center and buying all of Centra. yeah whip, whip it up some nice healthy treats yeah you know yeah yeah so yeah, like absolutely. as i sort of mentioned um sort of some sort of slow, slow release uh, carbohydrate snacks hummus with veg you know rice cakes and nut butters you know, things Sweet that potato gonna... brownies. I'm going to go. Okay. I, th- oh, I think that, they're yeah. going to add a lot more value now than uh, you, you work know, with that. Yeah, I just and, and, and as well and as well. If you want to bring some in for the coaches when you're, you know, at that stage, like we'd be happy enough. <laughs> lads, to... I have my period. Yeah, yeah. Food. I'll know. Anyone who brings in sweet potato brownies for the lads, I'll know what's going down. We can have a chat about it. All oh, right. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. There are a lo- there's a few questions and girls. How hopefully your questions have been answered around okay. strength training. Should I do this kind of training? Should I? Um, yeah. When I have my period, what should I do or not? Do? Yeah. There was a lot of questions on that. So I think can most I, of those. Yeah. Are can I ask? Um, my something I was going through my mind when you were explaining the phases was and I sort of gave you a summary earlier of the kind of classes we have or maybe yeah. someone doing a similar type of training where they've got strength classes yeah. where they've got strength training and they've got more aerobic based training yeah. um, really what makes most sense to do is stick with your usual schedule and yeah. like in like that week where you need the extra recovery know you need the extra recovery yeah. so stick with your usual schedule just know what your body needs more of at the time really is Absolutely, the, yeah. is the, is the thing to you. confidently do yeah. with your training. Yeah. Okay. Um, one other thing that did come up in the questions, um, which I think a lot of FS members might be interested in, certainly coach is, is our whoop bands whoop. and our heart Why rate. Why do we get money our from heart whoop, rate by the variability? Way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Roy, whoop aren't going to give us any money. Okay. 
Well, they might, well, but like not with an attitude like that. Yeah, they fair. Yeah, we have a team. We have a team set up. Yeah. So okay. today, Rory uh, congratulated me on my recovery yesterday. Yeah. Anyone <laughs> wants to join our team? I believe it's fitter, faster, stronger on Whoop. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can anyone join? Well, it could be coaches only. Let's just. Yeah. I'm not the admin on the team, so let yeah, DMAC, DMAC get all is, the emails. Okay. okay. Talk about DMAC, DMAC at FFS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Dara Mac at FFS, but yeah, close enough. GDPR um, breach. So what? Of, what of the girls said? Um, why the week leading up to my period, my heart rate variability is much lower. Why is this? And we were kind of talking about this before and saying that heart rate variability is something that we and a lot of members are now much more conscious of. Mm-hmm. Members are learning more about it, which is brilliant that they're learning something that actually in sports science, you, you might study or look into it at some point, but that um, there isn't necessarily that much research around it at the moment yeah. in relation to menstruation. Yeah. Um, so I suppose from a member's point of view or for Sinead or I coaching mm-hmm. um, or a cat who's our physio, that we, it could be something that we also log in our app mm-hmm. to say, well, it's down, it's up. And yeah. then that's it, it, more inf- into our wealth of information yeah. around how that cycle affects us and what's going on with it. Yeah. Um, any, Rory, what do you, have you... Well, I, I would think that based on everything that Neva said, I'd imagine during that phase when, you know, your basal metabolic rate is increasing, there's, there's increased demands on your body. Yeah. Like just for, for heart rate variability, I'm gonna, I'll do my best to sort of explain it in the simplest way possible. With heart rate variability, what you're looking for is if you take it as your body's perfectly in tune. So you're, you're recovered, you're rested, you're sharp, you're focused, you're hydrated, like everything is c- close to perfect. You should have huge increases. I'm drawing the arrow yeah. up and down that no one can see. <laughs> Love the graph. You, you should have huge increases in the variability of your heart rate throughout the day, throughout the minute, throughout, throughout the hour. So the way I would look at it is if someone was to jump out and scare the crap out of me, my heart rate should boom spike as high as it can as quick as possible then if i was to engage in a deep breathing exercise like 7-11 breathing or box breathing i should be able to bring that back down really quickly to a much lower state than it was naturally so i should get these huge graphs because i'm very responsive to different stimuli throughout the day now if i'm perpetually stressed and i'm run down i'm not i'm not hydrated my nutrition is poor my sleep quality is poor my heart rate variability would be very low because my response to different stimuli won't be as high throughout the day. So if someone jumps out and scares me, I'm already at a fairly high heart rate level. It's, it's not going to jump that high. And my adaptation to things like deep breathing or to try and recover, I'm so kind of perpetually stressed at that level that no matter how much I engage in deep breathing or meditation, my heart rate won't drop as quickly. So like that's sort of, is that a good, is that a good, good way yeah, to sum it up? something there. Okay, yeah. right. So like, you yeah, know, that, that, that's, that's yeah. what your heart rate is. Like I use the Whoop band for a couple of things. I've used like um, Samsung bands before. I've used with the sleep tracker on my iPhone. I've used all those things. And I'm not saying, even though I want the money from Whoop, I'm not saying that you've got, you've got to use something like this. It's just about how you use it. So the reason I like it is there's not a watch on it. it it's just, it's, it, I don't have to look at it. It doesn't distract mm-hmm. me. But what it tells me is, am I, am I getting enough sleep? So like, and it doesn't just go on the calendar that I set for the sleep. It takes account into the information, all my training and everything over yeah. and my heart rate failure really over the last week. And then it recommends how much sleep I should get on a given day for what I have to do tomorrow. So I look at the heart rate variability because I want to perform at work. I want to be sharp. I want to be mentally sharp. If I train, I want to get the best adaptation possible from it. If I want to relax, I want to relax. I want to enjoy that time. Whereas if my heart rate failure is very low, it correlates to how I actually feel. Am I very motivated? Am I very excited to do things? Not really. So I've got that little metric next to it that says your heart rate variability is very low. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I need to really work on improving my sleep quality and looking at my recovery, other things, so I can enjoy my life. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the way I look at it is how, how can I go into work, you know, bring good energy, bring a good attitude, but be sharp and get what I need to get done, done. Because some days you have to fake it. Like some days you have to come in and, hey, Aoife, it's so good to see you. I'm, you know, that that's just... You knew it. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, this is... No, but like, but now genuinely over the last kind of couple of months of using this and, and really looking at, okay, I feel like shit today, right? I, I can nearly tell what my heart rate variability is going to be. Um, and it, it lets me know as well, okay, I'm really peaking at the minute. I can either go to the gym and smash really hard session or this might be a very good time to have a conversation with someone. This might be a very good time to to go golfing or do something yeah. that I enjoy because I feel really good. So I, that's kind of slightly off tangent with heart rate variability. But I, I think, are you taking a picture, Mifa, for my heart rate yeah. variability? So I, I think that I think that that's why for the person that asked that question during that that stage i think it was weeks the week before before the period of this question like you're there's increased stress on your body mm. you know you're, you're getting ready for a cyclical event that's going to take that's going to it's going to create issues there, there's bleeding there's you know lack of iron there's all these things are going to happen so yeah it makes sense that your heart rate variability is going to be decreased now discla- I- disclaimer not research based but that that would be my my take on it yeah you like using your whoop as a male, yeah. you've had all, all that to say about it, all that you're thinking, all those things you're conscious of now, your sleep, your food, your recovery, getting, getting stress. If it's good training stress, but whatever, it's work stress, getting excited about something, chilling out and getting your breathing down. Add into that hormones constantly fluctuating. Mm. That how much better are we if we know and understand mm. what those hormones are likely to be doing on any given day and week and what that reasonably means for us? Then we can say, okay, that, that makes sense that I feel like I want to cry at that. That's okay. It feels shit that I want to cry, but yeah. that like that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, just to finally on is like don't let these things own you. And I'm gonna say that even about the app. Yeah, because like a lot of Rudd's talked about before on the podcast, this worried well concept, which is yeah. people are looking at their, their watches now and going, Oh my god, I was supposed to get eight hours sleep last night, I only got four, and then yeah. they become more stressed and, and it creates yeah. a more negative cycle. Like don't let it own you. Just use it as a data point. It's an information point. It might be, you know, like I would talk about appearance a lot. So if you look in the mirror, if your eyes are bloodshot and red and you've got bags in your eyes and your eyes are hanging out of your head, that's not normal. You know, that's, that's not the way you should look. Like I've got this teeny little patch of eczema that creeps up on my, I'm just showing the ladies on my wrist. If that flares up, I, I know that I mightn't be as well rested as possible. These are all little weird data points that I might have. It's very like isolated. But it, could actually, be, it could actually be from the whoop band. The strap, the strap could be causing that. But they're all just data points. Like, don't let them own you. Uh, find a way of implementing them, them in. And I think it's experience and trying things that's really important. So I don't know. I just think from, from everything you've discussed, Neve, from all the information that I had before you came in, I think that the, the Fitter Woman app, and I, I think it's a fantastic thing. I know Sinead here is, is using it with her clients. She's starting to look at planning four week and eight week cycles based on the menstrual cycle. Yeah. She's going to do a little bit of research on that in, in kind of real world application and come back and present to those as a coaching staff and whether we can look to put yeah. it in with PTs. And like, I just think that it's such a great conversation to have. Um, and, you know, for me, for me as a male, just, it's going to increase my ability to coach females so much better. And like, I just look at athletes as male, female, it doesn't matter, but I do, it does matter. I yeah, need to have matter. different information on both of them and see how things apply. Um, and I just, I just think what you guys are doing is incredible. And I couldn't implore women enough to go download the app. What's, what's the best place to, to get yeah, the so app? Yeah, so free to download uh, both on the app store and on Google Play. 
if it's free, I might get it and just play around it. So, uh, <laughs> make a pretend period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Eve, thank you so much for coming Thanks in. Big effort coming out from Galway, and um, best of luck in everything. I don't know what stages of the camogie seasons are right done. now. I'd imagine it's done <laughs> coming into winter. Uh, thanks so much, Eva. Best of luck in Turkey if you get there over the next thanks few weeks. Very much. Yeah. Thanks again, Eve. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Eve. Well, I-